on FM, on DAB, and up to date on social media. We are Radio Newark. Radio Newark. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Two days of local sport at its best. The highs and the lows, the smiles and the heartbreak. Yes, we had it all. Craig, Rob and the two Pauls do all the analysing in something we call the Weekend Wrap. And this is what they're going to be talking about. Collingham lose a dramatic seven-goal thriller in the 92nd minute as the top two in the Central Midlands League went head-to-head at Clay Cross. And it all started so well. At one stage, the villagers were 2-0 up. That's the heartbreak. The last time Flowserve lost a league match at Lowfields was on the 15th of April 2017. So it was ironic that on the day the leaders Selston were beaten, the works finally succumbed to a home defeat. Third place Radford rode their luck, four goal line clearances, to put themselves firmly in the title race. That was the low. Newark Rugby Club came from behind to win the local derby against Lincoln at a packed Kellam Road. Ma- Matt Cox with a lesson in the art of kicking. He was a star of the day in a 24 points to 21 victory. Newark move up to six in the table. Rob Wardman's cup's more than half full. <laughs> They're only seven points off a playoff place. That's definitely a high. And staying with Rugby and South will recorded their third and best victory of the season with an 18-3 victory over Market Raisin. They moved to within four points of Ashby but are still a massive 14 points from safe day. A good day for the hockey ladies with both the twos and the threes recording away victories. It moved the, it moved the threes... Sorry, get it right. It moved the twos five points clear of Beeston when they won 5-3 at the home of the County Hockey. While at the other end of the table, the threes beat Southwell. Always good to win a local derby by three goals to one. And the men had the localist of all derbies. With the ones coming out on top by eight goals to nil against the twos. A victory that propels them into seventh place in the table. And finally back to football on the resort of the day. Low save reserves coming from behind four times to beat the league leaders by five goals to four and in doing so, hit top spot themselves. The impressive Tyler Martin with yet another hat-trick to remind the first team management of his undoubted talent. Look at that for timing. Look at that for timing, Mr Smith. I'm just, um, I'm just fresh from writing my latest programme. And uh, that feat at the weekend takes Tyler Martin to 20 goals in 20 games. There you go. The lad is on form. Will he get his chance? We'll wait and see. Um, Before we go and try and find our wonderful reporters, um, I want to talk about Nottingham professional football because on a day or on a weekend where Notts County are put up for sale and Forest, Keno's back. So, where do we start? Let's start with Notts County. Who the heck, Tony, is going to buy them? How much? Well, apparently... <laughs> <laughs> Alan Hardy said at the start of the season there was promotion certainties. Three managers later and eight points off safety, the bottom of the table, apparently that's, the, 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 that's not the reason they're up for sale because they are bottom of the table. All right. And uh, what is now... An infamous tweet which went on and disappeared just as quickly, showing something that shouldn't have been seen on Twitter. What? It's a mess. I can't tell you what. It's a family programme. Well, basically... Allegedly. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a family programme, allegedly. Yeah. yeah, you've got to be inbred to listen. <laughs> but no, no, the thing is that about the Notts County situation is it's a very, very tragic situation. Um, not quite as tragic as uh, Roy Keane ruining Forest in the next No, season. no, no, you'll come, come back to that, just come back to that in a minute. It's a very, very sad situation because, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of my time in Nottinghamshire 
writing about Notts County Football Club and they're a lovely, lovely bunch of people and it really breaks my heart to see them at rock bottom, which they are now. Well, I'm afraid I was brought up on the other side of the trend to where, to where you spent all, all your time and um, it's become apparent over the last couple of days that if Notts County do get relegated, which it looks very much on the cards like they are going to get relegated... Who becomes the oldest football league club? Nottingham Forest. The Super Reds. Mm. Mm. I mean, that is one to take for Notts County fans, isn't it? Well, oh. I don't think they could get any lower, really, the county fans at the minute. And, um, you know, it's just a very tra- tragic situation. And I mean, I, I, it's totally wrong to talk about tragedy at the, uh, in comparison with what's happening at Cardiff City, obviously, but... You know, it's, it's very, very sad that a football club of that magnitude looked like going to the wall. And that's how desperate it is. It's not just, oh, we'll get relegated, we'll pot around in non-league and sort of bounce back. You see, it's, you know, it's the end. You, you look at this, Torquay United went down and then went down again. Mm. OK, they're now top of the division and they look like going back into the National League. But the fact is, they went down bang, bang. Chesterfield are in the relegation zone in the National League with a brand new state-of-the-art stadium. And I know what your feelings of Chesterfield are. But it's not a gimme that you're going to come straight back, is it? As I say, I I don't think they've got enough... uh, With the the overheads? Yeah, I I, I don't think... I, I don't think it's just a case of relegation. I think the financial situation is desperate. And, um, they could well you know, go to the wall with this one. I looked at a team sheet once when Cluffy was in charge at Forest and it was an away match at Liverpool on a Tuesday night. And sort of, in them days, it was teletext. Arkeen. Who the heck is Arkeen? Uh. He turned out to be an half-decent footballer. OK, yeah. Man United nearly ruined him, but he, he, when he was at Forest, he was a skilful young footballer. Um... He's managerial on his own. It's never really worked. It worked at Ireland with Martin O'Neill until they both got probably stale. Will it work at Forest? We'll only find out in time. I can remember years and years and years ago, very young Roy Keane came to Holy Trinity for a social event uh, and and charmed the pants of people in Holy Trinity Social Club all night. It was absolute joy to be around. Lovely, lovely little impish Irish lad that everybody just loved on first sight and wanted to take home with them. Now he's just a nasty piece of work. And look what Ferguson and Manchester United turned him into. Let's learn that. <laughs> Let's learn that to do podcast before somebody shoots me. <laughs> You see, I got that excited about Ferguson ruining Roy Keane from the charming young Irish lad that Tony, that Tony met. Um, I went and pressed the wrong button. But um, somebody shout podcast to me at 20 past seven, please. I'm glad I've got no ejector seats in here. <laughs> OK, um, finally, to the phones. And um, first on our list, as ever, of course, is Mr Paul Hyde. Fantastic fixture at the weekend. Um, I don't suppose there's anything as a must-win game in the league, but... Uh, it probably becomes very close. And, Paul, um, I would suggest you're probably disappointed, but uh, from what I understand, the lads gave you everything. Well, with the sounds of it, that, when you came on just, you know, in between, you were trying to put me up with a bed, selling me a bed. So, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't have a lay down or something like that. That's probably what you needed after Saturday. Oh, we wouldn't dream of selling you a shower, Paul. More than a lay down, I think. Yeah. So, um, talk me through the game because at one stage you was well in the driving seat. Yeah, we we, we started. We were, the, the lineup wasn't that great. We'd got um, uh, the top striker George Asplin phone. Well, texted me early in the morning, half past seven. He'd been up all night, being sick, so he was out of the the, uh, the deal. And then our captain Callum Ward had had a bad injury from last week. Uh, so we got two or three young lads in it and um, new strikers was there last week uh, and we went with, with the attitude that yeah we're going to go out, have a go at them you know um, I, 
think they're the top scorers in the league and we're the best defence. So that's how it was. Um, slippy pitch, wet, probably if we'd have gone two hours later it'd have been cancelled. Uh, but no, we went 2-0 up. Uh, Jake Park got through after about 20 minutes, got a good goal, one-on-one with the keeper, stuck it in. Um, then we had a free kick about around about 30 minutes, uh, 25 yard plus. And... Um, Great bridge, great strike, straight into the top corner. So we were sailing then, you know, at like 2-0. Um, and then we had a bit of a, a meltdown for 15 minutes. It came back to us a bit. And um, we got bullied off the ball in the in the bottom corner. And they made it 2-1. And then just about half-time, it went in at uh, 2-2. But we were still, you know thinking we were the better side which, which we were um, appalling uh, referee both ways not just with us uh, I think people you know maybe gone should have got sent off from both sides at times it got a bit angry uh, they were a bit stronger on, on that side of it than we were and they went up 3-2 um, and we were having a bad time of it um, and then Jake Park managed to get the equaliser after the equaliser we've hit the bar it's come out again we've hit the bar again uh, up and down we had a go and um, they got back and I think it was 83rd minute and, and got the winner so you know to go away and score three goals you don't normally lose do you you don't, you don't, Paul. Yeah, and and that, that, that's a golden thing about it isn't, um, you don't let many goals, goals in um it was a cracking game for the news yeah. and, and, and probably you know we were, we were worth a point but we didn't get one and that's it so I mean they're certainly not the invincible team that they looked in the first two months of, of the no, season well, and there's a lot of football still to go well I, I, I did I did make a mis- mistake I normally put a marker on the kid who got the I put a I put a man to man normally when he plays and I didn't well I felt I couldn't you know, you've got to be you've got to be the right bloke for doing the job when it's man to man, and and he got the winner. Um, might have even got another one. Come to think of it, so that was a bit of a crash ball moment for me with that. But you pick your side, don't you? And you go out and oh, we got on the in the sorry on the first half as well. Um, Ryan Russian uh, was badly fouled, um, and he came off. So without him. He's another experienced player that we've got. Well, so you take Ryan Russian and George Aspin at it, and then you've taken a lot of goals out of that team. Yeah, and Jackson didn't play. Jackson Buckthorpe, he was away um, on holiday, and then Wardy was injured. So we, we weren't at full tilt. Not at all. Um, not, not by a long way. At 2-0, you know, um, I don't expect it to, you know, better. It's gone now. That's, yeah, um, yeah, that's, it, right. that's the last you'll see of Clay cross it this season, and... Uh, but I, would, I think they've still got to play both the Retford side, so um, there's still a lot of football to be played in this division. I think Retford are probably more likely yeah. um, to do the job. They just bought another lad in from uh, Bentley, who's a good player. They've got a very good balance. Um, I, and I can't see Clay Cross beating them myself. <laughs> but they'll still have those goals and points, won't they? Exactly. Exactly. But um, I, think, I think Retford, um, oh, who dropped out of the league? Um, Derbyshire side. Early on in the early on in the league, they dropped. Uh, Tideswell. Yeah. Well, Retford, I think beat them, but Gus lost the points. They dropped out, but I think somehow they get them back, something like that. I'm not quite sure how it works, but but that will be. Um, good for them as well with the Central Midlands management teamwork I never have figured that one out um, no let's move on Paul um, and I want to talk a couple of minutes about the under 18s they drew one all at Cleethorpes at the weekend to stay top of the Lincolnshire Intermediate League yeah. but what I really want to talk about is the two teams meet again this weekend at Station Road in the semi-final of the County Cup a big match be a completely different affair that we, we went to um Cleethorpes on Sunday and uh, well Dean took him I didn't go uh, but uh, it's a poor pitch when they did well in the Vars 
got quite a lot of money and they updated the club and everything. But the pitch outside has got trees where where branches are, are over high branches, but they're over the the byline and that, you know, so he kicked the ball up and he tips the tree and comes back in and stuff like that. <laughs> but it was apparently a quagmire, uh, forty mile an hour gale and it wasn't anything to look proud of. There wasn't a lot of football played. Can you imagine? Um, which which is no good to us because that's how we play. Uh, you know, we get it down and play. Uh, so that they played long ball. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, on a good surface at uh, Collingham ne- next week, I think they'll be there or thereabouts. Quarter 11 kick-off, I understand, and um, that's yeah. um, I think that's probably the match of the weekend locally. So uh, yeah. and I know you're at home on Saturday as well. Yeah. Um, so it's probably going to be a busy weekend at um, Station Road. Um, oh. A game that you've got to bounce back on, on Saturday and should bounce back on Saturday. Um, uh, these are another one, though, like, like when we went to... Um, last week with Renishaw Rangers you know there's players coming in now to these teams yes uh, towards the end of the season like they've definitely strengthened their chance uh, that we signing the kid from Bentley um, and Dromfield have had one or two decent uh, results so you, yeah I know you said you know um, there's no must win game but I think it is if, if we carry on and win our games who knows? It puts the pressure back on everybody else. We've got to win. That's most certainly. Paul, bad luck at the weekend, but I'm absolutely sure you're going to bounce back straight away, and, uh, and I'll catch it with you either on Saturday or will you be there on Sunday? Possibly, yeah. Or yeah. more than likely, I'll see you Sunday morning then. All right, mate. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, bye-bye. bye bye. And that's a massive match on Sunday morning, semi final of a, of a candy cup. I don't care if you're 8, 18, or. 38. <laughs> the semi-final of the County Cup is a big football match. Yeah. Um, it um, it really is. But it must have been disappointing um, to be 2-0 up and lose 4-3 to your biggest rivals. Um, gut-wrenching. Yeah, it, it sounds like there were plenty of um, reasons why. But I must admit that listening to Paul, I mean, it's, it's like being there, isn't it? It's, it oh, yes. It, it, tells, it tells it just how it is. Absolutely superb. He's our... Um, is how you would want. Is how you would want it to be. Right, plan two, take two. Um, all our shows are podcasts, as you know. We've said this once. All our shows are podcasts, as and, you and, know. And apparently, we have adverts as well. And we have adverts, yes. <laughs> um, but this is about the podcast, and now you can listen to uh, are you sure? to all the podcasts. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Radio Newark, the home of Newark Sport, Monday to Thursday, seven to eight pm, with Mick and Tony. Newark, the home of Newark Sport. Missed one of our shows? Don't forget you can check out the podcasts and get the very latest sports news daily on our website at radionewark.co.uk. Well, as I said at the um, top of the show, it, it had to happen sometime. The last time Flo Save were beaten at home was the 15th of April 2017, and everybody was busy counting the days sooner or later. Um, they was going to get beat, um, as I pointed out to um, Mr Smith, that, um, you know, Crystal Palace went to Manchester City and won. That's why we all love football so much. It happens. But, uh, Craig Roach, good evening. Good evening, Mick. Craig, how do you... When you got home on Saturday night and you had time to sort of sit down and and think about it properly... I would suggest that if I take it back to last Tuesday night when you was by far and away the better team between the two penalty boxes, but you didn't put their goalkeeper under any pressure and they took the two chances. On Saturday, from what I saw of it, you was by far and away the better team, full stop, end of conversation. And you can't compensate for the ball hitting people on the line four times, even though you can say it's good defending. 
Yeah, it was a bit bit of pill to swallow Saturday night. It probably took me uh, till uh, Sunday afternoon to start digesting it properly, really, and uh, having a fair a fair review of uh, of the day because um, I mean, difficult difficult to. Difficulty to accept it was the fact that we dominated the game so much. Um, I think the quality between the two two sides was, you know, evident for everyone to see. Uh, whether you was a Radford fan or a neutral or a flow serve supporter, so you know it was just one of them days. You know, on reflection after looking at it again, you know, we can't fault the lads for for the way they played. Um, I can't fault their effort and the commitment. It was just one of them days where bizarrely. For all the chances that were created, and you know, I lost count. That uh, we just didn't get the ball in the net. You know, if we'd, I think if we'd uh, on another day, if we'd have got one of them ones earlier on, then we'd have gone on and won the game comfortably. Yeah, it was the reserve goalkeeper, wasn't it? Who sort of was coming along to watch a game of football and ended up playing them, actually playing what was probably the game of his life. Yeah. Um, by the way, the FA Cup draws on at the moment. It's just come out Chelsea versus Manchester United. Um, <laughs> He's playing the game, uh, the game of his life, and as I said four times in the second half alone, it hit somebody on the line. So I would suggest you, however you react, it's don't press the panic button because you're not doing an awful lot wrong. No, no, there's certainly no panic. Um, like I say it was just a bit of pill to swallow because there's not really a lot that went wrong apart from the fact that whether it was for not having good enough efforts on goal or put it down to heroic defending and goalkeeping whatever you wish but you know at the end of the day you can dominate games um, but if you don't put the ball in the net you're not going to win them so you know that's what we've got to start doing and, and quickly but yeah there's certainly no panic no crisis uh, everyone's doing the best trying they're still playing well you know we're still dominating teams and like I say there was it was second against third and the golf for me anyway the golf was was quite wide. It um, was, it was, but, yeah. and you can play. You can play that game another ten weeks solid, and it's <laughs> that score will not happen. It won't. No, at the end of the day, you just have to take it on the chin and just say, "Look, that, that's football. It yeah, happens." Exactly, is football. I would be more yeah. worried if I was a Selston supporter, to be quite honest, because losing three 0 at Gedlin after only beating West Bridgeford one nil, they they are. How much pressure Craig gets to Selston and flow serve when? Every week, people say you've got to win, you've got to win, you've, and it goes on and on and on. And this was probably the weekend when it just didn't happen for either of you. Mm. I think Selston are probably, uh, you know, it's probably fair to say they're in the same boat as us. You know, they're, they're up at the top end of the table, or the top, um, and the pressure's there every week to stay there. To you've got to pick results up, you know. But at the same time, it's difficult because when you're up there, everybody wants to beat you. Um, you know, Radford are right behind us and they'll be optimistic himself that they'll close the gap and they want to take points off us um, you know and that happens but we've just got to keep going and I'd just like to think that by then it come the end of the season that the table will tell the truth and we'll finish where we deserve to finish Now what happens what's happening you know if you look at the table Arnold's just won a couple of games on the bounce and they look like they're catching Barwash at the bottom of the table and Redford and Redford and Renov put five past Barrow, which you know, even a month ago, you'd that's not even remotely achievable. Mm. But they're improving, so the players are obviously moving around and getting to clubs where they are going to get games, and they're improving clubs. And I say that because tomorrow night it's cup football, and Renov are the visitors to Lowfields. Yeah, things change very quickly um, in football. Um, things change incredibly quickly in this football league that we're in at the minute. Um, you know, there's a lot of change in management, which brings a lot of change in, in players at them clubs. Um, you know, we just sacked their manager as well um, a couple of weeks ago, so there'll be changes there. You'll start seeing a turn in their results. Um, like I say, the same as it has at Renneth. So you never quite know. You look at the table and you look back through through results every week and there's always a few strange ones out there uh, that, that the table don't uh, give you any insight into but uh, yeah I mean we've said it all along we'll just keep worrying about ourselves uh, we'll keep trying to do the right thing stay positive and then we'll say there's not a lot long we've just got to start being a bit more clinical to get that ball in the net so you need to find some league people let people, teams like uh, Radford on Saturday get them in front they're difficult to break down mm-hmm. same what Carlton did to get in front and 
that's it. You need to find a goal scorer, and um, you've lost your top goal scorer for a couple of games. Have you ever thought of a sort of a, you know, some sort of muffler for him so he can't talk to referees? Yes, we've tried. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, we've tried, but, you know, that's, um, you know, so there's some of the things in certain players that you just can't take away. No, it's, it's there. Into, I mean, but is, is, isn't that the annoying the annoying thing because probably two-thirds of Sam's bookings are for conversations he's having with the match officials uh, and it's going to cost you two matches now yeah it's discipline and it's you know it's something that uh, obviously we keep we keep banging on about to Sam it's something he has got to address and got to improve and no doubt about it you know we can't afford to to have players that are suspended especially when it's for, for back chat and discipline so yeah it's certainly something we need to address I don't think there's uh, we need we need to go out looking for goal scorers. You know we still have got the best goal scoring record um, in the league and one of the best goal goal scoring records at step six and the same defensively as well. So you know we've got Sam's top scorer in the league. Um, Ties is not too far behind him and he was a top scorer in the league last season. So we've got plenty of goals in the side. You know we've got goals from midfield down the wing. So I don't think we need to change anything as much. As, as such, um, obviously, we need people to step up for the plate. If Sam and Tyson aren't scoring, then we need all lads to chip in. As we said at the, at the beginning of all this, Craig, don't press the panic button because it, that Saturday's match is the reason why we love this game so much. Yeah, absolutely. It you happens. Know, you know, give them right to walk out and, and win a no. game each week, even if sometimes you deserve to. You've just got to, like you say, you've just got to stay positive and keep going. Exactly. Barnes back ability. We'll see what happens tomorrow night. Absolutely. Craig, we'll, yeah. well, I'll see you at uh, what promises to be a snowy and wet low fields, but I'm sure it won't be, and there'll be a great crowd there. Fingers crossed, yeah. <laughs> All right, mate. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. for talking Thank to you. us. Bye-bye. Thanks, Craig. Bye-bye. There you go, then. Craig Roach, who... Um, now that's two managers that's got defeated at the weekend. They've come on the phone and they've fronted up and said everything. Right, let's have a look at a few of the national headlines, shall we? Preparation and selection were not the reasons for England's 381-run defeat by the West Indies in the first test in Barbados, says the captain Joe Root. The tourists did not play a first-class game before the test, omitted pace bowler Stuart Broad, and were bowled out for 77 in the first innings. I think the answer was, yes, it was, actually. West Ham manager Manuel Pellegrini says his size defeat at AFC Wimbledon was a disaster as the League One side pulled off a stunning FA Cup shot to reach the fifth round. Was I angry at half-time? Yes, of course. I was ashamed of them, said Pellegrini. It's very easy to explain what happened. It was one team who wanted to win and another team who played without any desire or ambition to win at all. And that is why we are not in the cup any longer. And probably the fact that you picked half a decent team and and rested everybody because you didn't think it was important. This is Radio Newark Sport. And this is Mr Rob Wardman. Rob, good evening. Evening, Mick. Evening, folks. Rob, you missed a cracker. I did, yes. No, I was told that by text in no uncertain way on Saturday tea time when I was driving down the M1 from Northampton, yeah. <laughs> um, but you may have missed the cracker, but um, the good thing about Newt Rugby Club, you've got all the information and um, I can sit back while you tell people about a, uh, a memorable victory over Lincoln. Well, it was such a cracker that when I was walking to the pub last night, I was stopped in the street and and, and one of my neighbours wanted to talk about the game, so uh, it was obviously an absolute cracker. Um, with various incidents in the game, um, where do you start? Well, well uh, just start with oh, people with had a couple of injuries, unfortunately, on, on Saturday. The good news, Will Ellison, who went off with a, a head injury, he, he's OK, um, but he, he'll need to be stood down, I think, for, for two or three weeks, but... Um, He's, he's relatively unscathed. Unfortunately, the winger Pat Ford, who went off, uh, I think he went off in the second half, hobbled off, thought it was a dead leg or something to that effect. Unfortunately, he's got a cracked leg, uh, cracked tibula, I'm, I'm, I'm told. So uh, he's now plastered, or he, he was being plastered up today. So that's... Uh, that's his season finished. May well be, yeah. And um, Pat's just come back into the team. Um, he's been away working for the last couple of years, but he's come back in quite effectively in the last... Uh, few weeks so that's, that's disappointing and uh, one of those things but anyway back to the business uh, the game we, we won 24-21 uh, it, it, it sounds a cracker we were 14-6 down at half time 
and as ever this season, we're, we're sort of turning into, into sort of second half comeback kids. We um, overturned it, and we, we went even further down in the second half, 21-9. Um, gave us a, a daft try away on the wing, um, and I, but we were rescued by our substitute, Connor Bice, B-I-C-E, Mr. Bice, who's a new, new guy coming to the club. Uh, he trained with us in the summer and um, went away to do exams, but he's now come back to work in Nottingham and he's training twice a week, so God bless him. And he scored two tries on his, league, on, on his home league debut as a substitute, and he's, he scored both the tries in the second half. I think one was a very good effort, um, and we were helped by the kicking of Matt Cox, who, who was voted ban of the match. Matt kicked four penalties and a, and a conversion, and all that. It, it, it nipped us ahead at the end, um, 24-21. Um, a good win, and obviously it, it gives us avenge or revenge for the, um, the thrashing we got by Lincoln 39-8 early in the season. And my mate on, on the way to the pub last night, he wanted to know about the, what was happening with the brawl. So, yes, there was a brawl, I think just before half-time. Uh, very, very... Uh, Handbags. ...details I've got. But evidently there, there was one brawl, and then there was a second brawl, if I use that word, perhaps brawl, though, or my good friend Bill McLaren, as Tony um, loves to hear his name, perhaps Bill McLaren would say it was a touch of the handbags, and... Um, the second uh, handbag situation may have been sparked by their one of their substitutes coming on with a T. I don't know whether he said something to our players, but uh, that, that was the word on the street I got last night. So, uh, <laughs> it, it sounds an absolutely uh, rip-roaring game. <laughs> I don't know whether you were watching, Mick. I did the first half, and then I was trying to get hockey, football, and rugby in on Saturday, right. and I know what I should have done. I should have stopped at the. You I should have stopped at the, 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 the rugby, but. Um, uh, I'll learn that lesson because uh, in two weeks' time it's Loughborough and I'm there for the whole match. So that's, that lesson has been learned. Don't try and do too much in one afternoon. Must be a free lunch then. Uh, actually, it is, yes. <laughs> um, and, and the, the lunch was very good too. Yes, we, we had a, um, another good crowd in for the pre match lunch in the, in the new clubhouse. So things are going well. Um, that's three wins out of the last four, I think. And, no, um, no let's, we've got 11 points. In the month of January, two wins, a draw, and a losing bonus point. Please, that's not nearly right. But I mean, look, I mean, you know, the cup, the cup overfloweth. Turns your tardy punditry at the start of the year. <laughs> you haven't forgot that, have you? <laughs> but obviously, it, pride comes before a fall, and we've got a tough old away game next Saturday away at Long Eaton. 2.15 kick-off, and they've already texted tonight to say they want a 10-minute half-time break, so they sell more beer at half-time. So <laughs> well, they've got the priorities right. That's a warning for all spectators going across, yeah. Um, a quick one before we, do a, a, um, before we get some names to look out for in, in the Six Nations. South will beat Market Razor 18-3 for what I think is or what is their best victory of the season. Four points behind Ashley, but still 14 points from safety. Is it possible? Anything's possible. So we'll leave it there, Michael. I know you want to write them off. But, uh... <laughs> no, I want them in the same division because, as Mr Swain keeps on telling me, it's a must. It's a must for them to stay up, yes. What about, you could go to, you could go to the Buckies tomorrow and get a double on Notts County and Southwell staying up. What price would you get? <laughs> <laughs> now, that would be awesome. I, sh I shall send Mr Smith for that, that job. That'll be three figures. <laughs> right, Rob, let's um, move on. The Six Nations... Um, our second team won over at Lincoln, 15-13. The, the scheduled ref didn't turn up, so our second team coach, um, the veteran himself, the master, Richard Byram, <laughs> ex-Barbarians and Nottingham and goodness all, Magnus school teacher, uh, former Magnus school teacher, rugby guru, he took, he took the whistle and was a very good referee, so good on Richard. Excellent stuff. Right, young man, I need... Um Who's going to win the Six Nations? And last year, I, you got the player, and I forgot his name, but you told Jim us at Russell. the beginning who to look out for, mm. and you was absolutely spot on because he was the man of the tournament. So, uh, no pressure. No pressure, no. no you just drop, drop that on me right there, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's have a think. Well, I think it's all down to the, um, the games this weekend. We got a cracker of a weekend, the Six Nations, um, sponsored by Guinness. Um, absolutely. France, it's Friday night, France-Wales, 8pm. Saturday, we've got Ireland-England at a quarter five, and before that, Scotland-Italy. 
if you read all the uh, pundits over the weekend, it's all on... It, the, the two winners of the main games are Hayton Tad, that's not Scotland, Italy. The two winners of France, France, Wales, Ireland, England will be favourites for the Six Nations. Wales think they, they've got a better run in if they beat France. And it could all hinge on the final weekend when Wales play Ireland in Cardiff. And if I was a betting man... I'd like to see. I, I don't, don't think England are consistent enough to win it. I would go with Wales. <laughs> Wales. Um, That's got somebody shaking his head because he thinks Scotland's going to win it. No, Ireland. I think it's going to be a cracking tournament. Um, looking at it again, it sounds like a racing pundit now, doesn't it? I want to back about five horses, but. Um, uh, let's go for Wales, and um, we hope we hope England can be consistent. But there's, there's two big games at the weekend. I, I think Ireland are too consistent for England, and Wales might be a bit too steady for France, who are, as we all know, are a bit of an unknown. They're a bit float, and they can be a bit flaky. Mm. Um, a name. A name. A name. Um, good question. Well, I, the other week I saw an Irish guy, an Ulster lad called Jacob Stockdale, score of, play at Leicester for the first time. And the previous week he scored an outstanding try for Ulster against Racing Paris. So the Irish wing, Jacob Stockdale, is a player to look out for. It'd be interesting, interesting to see how England play against him on, on Saturday, whether they try to turn him and kick, and kick the ball into his corner... He's a big lad, but going forward, he's, he's one heck of a footballer. So he's a player to look out for. And another player I want to see play really well if they do pick him. Um, again, he's not certain to start. He's Exeter's centre, Henry Slade, who I saw a couple of games he's played this season, and he's played ever so well. And he's sort of um, fulfilling the um, potential and all the... Um, the talk we've had about him so I hope he gets a chance for England it's a it's a very competitive back line England have obviously they've got Manu Tulangi uh, fit again so it'd be interesting to see what Eddie Jones picks uh, I would think they'll start with Ford and Farrell in midfield and it depends who they start outside Farrell in midfield whether they start Slade or whether they go for Manu I would think they may well start Manu on the bench but that's only a hunch and uh, or, so I don't know but that's all the speculation so there you go okay but finally finally um I can't let you go because what we're here for is is, is local sport more than yeah. anything of course um, much, yeah. no 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 <laughs> you, you ne- never ever accuse you of that um Leicester at the weekend, as I understand. Yes, three, the... ti- three Newark Tigers. There you go. Right, go on. And um, two we know well enough, obviously. You're trying to get me to pronounce Jordan Olawellafella, who's become a bit of a, a regular in the uh, Leicester first-team squad. He was from um, Lincoln, and he, he played um, some rugby at Newark before he got um, swept away by the Leicester Academy system. Uh, we've got a second player in Joe Hayes, who's a prop. He played less rugby at Newark, but uh, his family are very much involved with the youth teams now. And evidently, Joe was down on Sunday coaching one of, helping to coach one of the teams. So he's, he's very much a big Newark connection, although I don't think he played a lot of his youth rugby at Newark, but we're claiming him as one of our own. <laughs> the third lad, Johnny Law, he's cer- Johnny, uh, Law, Johnny, Johnny Law, He's certainly a Newarker. He's uh, come up through the mini ranks. He went. He's a Grantham lad. He went to King's School, but he spent. He played most of his uh, youth rugby at Newark. He, he would be a, a Newark. Um, we can claim him fully as one of our own. His brother Matt played for our first team uh, two years ago, um, and certainly he's, Johnny Law is one of ours. And he played. He was his first um, opportunity in the Leicester senior team on Saturday in the Premiership Cup game at Northampton. And he came on for the last 10 minutes at scrum half. And it was a bit of a losing cause by that time uh, for Leicester. They got um, beaten by Northampton, whatever it was, 47-20. And, and Law's arrival um, it was a, coincided with the arrival of one James Haskell, uh, who's fit again after uh, a long injury. And, he, and Haskell is one heck of a player. And he came on and charged around like a, a rhino. And, and, and changed the, the course of the match and I think Northampton uh, scored about three or four tries in the last ten minutes and mostly it was um, Leicester a bit unsettled by the arrival of a runaway rhino called Haskell and, uh, <laughs> a runaway rhino it was certainly um, 
I was very safe in my seat in the stand. I wouldn't have been like, wouldn't have, wouldn't have liked it on the pitch of uh, Mr. Haskell running around. Brilliant, Rob. That's fantastic. We've got to go. We've got to go to Wocky next. But on the on a runaway rhino. Runaway we'll, rhino. There you go. We'll leave it at that. Thanks, anyway, Rob. I should be going across. Um, people will be startled at that. It's a two fifteen kick off, but we're having a ten minute half time break. So you can all have a beer. Good stuff. Thanks, Rob. Cheers, Mick. Thanks. Bye bye. Oh dear, it, it gets better. I I I love Mondays. I think love Mondays. <laughs> Coming up next, Paul Halfpenny. And the last but not least on a Monday night, of course, is Mr. Paul Halfpenny. Now, when you've had a long day at hockey and you you, you get back home to Halfpenny Towers and, you know... You, <laughs> and, oh, it, it is, Tony, it is sort of Halfpenny Towers. It, oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, God. The, the, the Lord Mayor of Mansfield. Um, you, you get back there and you, and you sit in, in front of the TV and your wife says, look at that for a football score. Millwall seventeen, Everton thirty. No, dear, it kicks off. At, it kicks off at seventeen thirty. It must have been a long day for you on Saturday, Paul. Um, what, what's this half penny? I don't mind the half penny towers bit, but Mansfield. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. I'm you right get the other side of Renfrew roundabout, you know, and it's all Mansfield. Oh no, it's not. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased you didn't look further down because, like AFC uh, Wimbledon and um, West Ham was 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 a nineteen thirty, wasn't it? So yeah, I'm pleased you didn't look further down. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, a real blonde moment, I think. There, I think it it it, it was. Um, okay, um, the weekend, and I think you will be in a very very good mood. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a very very good weekend for all different reasons. Um, we were hoping. I mean, it didn't start off great. I must admit, um, we were hoping that um, the the ladies' fourth team could turn over Beeston um, because we 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 jiggled a few players about to um, nothing illegal to try and actually bolster their team and. Um, they had an absolute mare of a first half going in 5 nil down at half-time. Um, completely screwed up everything we talked about in the meeting. And um, it, it was obviously just the bad 35 minutes because they came out and uh, the second half score was 1-1, which is very, very disappointing, really, you know, after a first half like that. But things improved and improved massively, which all started at the Magnus. With the ladies threes, we we uh, sacrificed a few players down to the fourth team, so we thought we might struggle a little bit. And um, against the run of play, our noisy neighbours took the lead, one nil up, and one nil it stayed till half time. We couldn't put the ball in the back of the net, but uh, Ellis Smith stepped up with an absolute depth deflection in the day. It was a brilliant goal to level the scores. Sophie Chambers netted number two and Ellie Smith got a brace to uh, take all three points with a 3-1 win. Um, ladies' second team, I, I, I shot from the, the Magnus straight across to Beeston to watch the ladies' twos because it's um, imperative, really, we get those up. And it was a tough, tough tie against Beeston ladies' fours. And I stood with Sally and we looked at the team and I said, I don't recognise many of these players. And she said exactly the same. And it just happened to be one of those weeks where all the girls from the um, Trent College and from um, one of the private schools, I think it's Oakham, um, were, were available. <laughs> they got a phenomenal team. But they were all individuals. They had tremendous skill but didn't play very well as a team. We tore them to pieces on the break. Absolutely tore them to pieces and came away with a it was a thrilling game an absolute corker of a game but 5-3 winners and have opened up now a 5 point lead over Beeston uh, with a game in hand so things looking really really good for the ladies twos it was a weekend um, Paul of massive games whichever way you look at it football rugby and hockey and that game that one game will go a long way to defining the rest of the season it will, it will. I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about their next... Everybody's got a week off next week, apart from the ladies' first team. But I'm a bit worried about North Knots. We play them away um, that following week. 
and um, I, I know I, I've just got this feeling that we're going to be struggling for players. Uh, we've got a crucial game with the first team away at Kettering, and a crucial game against North Knots. You know, we need to put them to bed. They've been they've been on a bit of a surge lately, and 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 we need to make sure that that we beat them at their place. But um, I, I can see that's going to be a nail biter that one. Um, yeah, so um, you're right. It, it was it was it was a a really thrilling and important week. The men beat the men. Um... 3-0 at half-time, I'm told, 8-0 at full-time, which is pretty much what you would expect. But it was for the men's first team, they are now climbing the table. They're in they're in mid-table, and they're looking in the right direction. For the men's twos, we've said all season, they're in the wrong division. You've just got to get this season out of the way and then take it from there. Yeah, I went down to watch the, uh, the men's game um, before Christmas when they played each other. And it, it was... <sighs> Maybe embarrassing is a little, you know, maybe the wrong word, but it wasn't convincing at all for the men's first team. It was a scrappy goal to score, and it was just a 1-0 scoreline. Yeah, they took all three points, but first team playing second team, 8-0 is really the score that you've got to be looking at. Yeah, You've got to be certain that you've got your best players in that first team, and they're running the second team ragged. And I think Glenn now has, has sort of got his head round it. I think he's picking the correct players, um, and the guys are playing well. And when you look at the league table, they have, they've climbed the table. And a couple, couple more wins, a couple of back-to-back wins, and, and they're going to be in the top half of the table. And after a dismal start like they've had, it, it, as I said, as I predicted around about Christmas, they underachieved, underachieved massively. And I think they could, they could end up with a top five finish if they play the cards right. It's brilliant. Uh, a, a good weekend's hockey. And uh, one match this coming weekend, or one big match, the return of the hockey ladies' ones, a 10.30 start at the Magnus. So uh, after a quick trip to Grantham to do some of the paid-for job, that's where I intend starting my Saturday, because I think this is a must-win for the ladies as they return from the most extended winter break that anybody's had. Well, we can't, we can't leave without mentioning the men's threes. Oh, right, sorry. Another draw... <laughs> A 1-1 draw at home against Colville. Um, is this with a fit again, Mr Halfpenny? No, I'm afraid Mr Halfpenny is still injured and still limping like an old man. <laughs> so it, it's a 1-1 draw without Mr Halfpenny, and Mr Halfpenny can't wait to get his hockey stick back in his hands and start playing again. Makes it all the better that they achieved it without you. Paul, talk to you again next week. All right, then. Lovely. Thanks, Paul. Bye-bye. Bye. I love Mondays, Tony, as I keep on saying, but I love Mondays because of Paul Hyde, of Paul Halfpenny, of Craig Roach and of Rob Wildman because they make this show. Yeah. It's as simple as that. (laughs) I could honestly sit here all night and listen to uh, Mr Wildman. Absolutely tremendous character. Rampaging (laughs) runaways. Anyway, you're going to have to sit and listen for me for five minutes because we've got just time to do a quick football football round because I know you like some of these stories. Remember the Wells brothers? Mm. They made fleeting visits to Newark, Flowserve and Sherwood in the East Midlands Counties Leagues before both running off to join Spalding. And even even more fleeting visit to Stamford, I believe. Yes, apparently so, yes. Well, (laughs) Kieran's now moved on to Hendersford, wherever that is. Um, that's his new club, at least for probably the next couple of weeks. So that's four clubs yeah. so far this year, and we're only two-thirds of the way through it. Is he on the run? <sighs> Unbelievable. A second uh, victory of the season for Arnold Town means they're only mm. t- um, two points away from, from safety, and the dreaded drop into the not-senior league or the Central Midlands, which for a club of that stature would be, well... Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, and we'll leave it at well. Um Another defeat for Grantham as well, and that means they're only three points mm. above the relegation zone in the Evo Stick Premier, and uh, they've got to get themselves sorted out. This was 3-0 at Warrington. <laughs> um, South Shields lead the way after beating Whitby at Mariners Park. I know you like a bit of a crowd watch, don't you? Because yeah. you know, at the start <laughs> of the season, you was a bit crowdish and will flow serve get them and approved that people will watch the crowd at mariners park to watch that game was 1830 which was on the back of the 2013 the week before when they played in the top of the table clash but <coughs> we are talking about geordies so that's what you expect now 
<laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Because one division below is in the Evo Stick East, and Cleethorpes won 5-1 at Carlton Town, the Carlton Town that won at Flowserve. Um, the crowd at that match, Tony, 81. Mm. 81. That's awful. It's horrendous. It's pathetic. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's all of those. When you consider that at Flow Serve we had 197 on a freezing cold exactly. day with Forest at home. Yeah. And they got 81 on a freezing cold day with Forest at home. Shocking. Stamford lost 2 1 um, at Lincoln United in the same division, so you're still in step four. The crowd at that game, 149 for what is effectively a local derby. Hmm. Unbelievable. That's um, a shocker. David Beckham's new club could only draw at Halifax um, and remain second in the National League, while Chesterfield looked like they're on the way, as we said a bit earlier on in the night, on the way to successive relegations. David Beckham's new club, of course, if you didn't know... I, I didn't bought, know I did. He's bought a 10% stake in Salford City, just because they obviously need a little bit more income. <laughs> Is he coming to replace Mr Scholes up who's well, on his way to that's Alden? what's going to have to happen, isn't it? Mm. So I wonder if that's going to be part of it, but there's a lot of people hoping that Leighton Orient win that National League because they don't like what's happening at Salford City. It's only because of the money, isn't it? Yeah. And um, I would be very... Um, um, it would be very remiss of me to criticise clubs that are steered <laughs> forward by money. You see, I, I, I was hoping to drive you into that little cul-de-sac. <laughs> um, finally, our twin town of Whitley Bay lost by the odd goal in fine to Sunderland. That's not Sunderland that's nearly playing at... Whitley Bay standards, it's not that far to go. But um, it was a cracking weekend in football. Yeah. And it was a cracking weekend in rugby, and we've just heard it was a cracking weekend in hockey. These special weekends don't come round that often. We didn't get the results that we wanted, Tony, at Lowfield and at Clay Cross. We, okay. It's hard, you know, it's one of those, you know, you go home and you find a cat, don't you, and do the proverbial, but it, it's... <laughs> It's hard to take, but isn't that why we all love local sports so much? I think in that interview that I did after the uh, final whistle at Radford, I was Roach's cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sensible enough not to talk to these people when they've just been beat. Um, very memorable occasion, I walked halfway across a hockey pitch with a mic thrown in me and to talk to Sally Halfpenny and heard what she was saying and no. <laughs> Turn straight on. Tomorrow night, no Tony Smith, he's off footballing, but we have got an international sprint superstar. A full GB international, and she comes from Newark, and she's in this studio tomorrow night. Wednesday night, the Striders are coming to talk about run and talk, something that's very close to, to Tony, so we look forward to hearing what they've got to say on that one. And on Thursday night, it's another one of those nights. It's just me... And it's just him. And it's just Eddie Crampton coming up next.